preach this morning as we continue on in our sermon series of Christ in the Old Testament. And uh, just looking through, we will just skim the surface. We will just have the tip of the iceberg, really, of what I'll be able to cover over these short weeks of preaching this series. But the, the Bible is one book. Yes, the Old Testament, yes, the New Testament, but the Old Testament is pointing to the new. And the new fulfills the old. And then we walk today in the new covenant that is reflected both in the old and the new. So it's a beautiful book, a powerful book. And if you wouldn't mind, take some time each day, each week to study the Word of God, to read the Word of God. Get in a small group or attend a class. Access some online resources. The Bible is powerful and will change our lives. If you believe that, say amen this morning. I knew you would believe that today. Well, I don't know how the preaching has been. I go back and watch the tape each week and I critique myself and critique my sermon. And it used to be hard to listen to myself, but now I've done it so much that I just, it's just my voice. It is what it is. And, um, I critique myself and go back and watch the tape. I don't know how you would score the series so far or the preaching so far, or if you would give me a D plus or a C minus or what you might give me. But I'll tell you what, I'm going to give myself an A plus on the titles. The first sermon of the series was Get Your Finger Out of My Spaghetti. You remember that? Last week was Where's Waldo? And today, if they want to put the picture up, today's title is Objects in the Mirror May Appear May Be Closer Than They Appear. How many know that the objects in the mirror really could be closer than what they appear? Have you had an experience with that in your life? Well, you know, there could be different experiences with that. You could run into something, or I guess somebody, if you uh, didn't realize that they're actually closer than what it looks like. I've had some experiences in my life of objects in the mirror, and unfortunately they were pretty close in the terms of some blue lights. Has anybody else had some blue lights in your... Am I the only heathen in the house this morning, uh, you know, that have seen blue lights in your rearview mirror? And those are not Christmas lights, as some people are putting up Christmas lights I'm talking about the police quick lights. In fact, I set a personal record in, I think it was 2017, I can't remember, but I had the privilege of seeing those blue lights in my mirror, not once that year, not twice that year, but three times, three glorious times I saw those blue lights in my mirror and I was pulled over. Thankfully, the lady at the insurance company told my wife the, the other week that finally Greg is back at a pretty good place. So I'm trying to stay at a pretty good place. So if, if you see me coming down Simmons Gap and I'm going five miles under, you might know why I'm going five miles under. Sometimes Charlotte Collier and I race to church on Sunday mornings, but I let her win because I don't want to get uh, that ticket again, but... Seems like we're on the same traffic pattern sometimes. But those blue lights in your mirror that might appear closely to you. Sometimes if you're in trouble, if you're like me and you were going a little too fast. Or if you had not 
updated your tags or stickers or whatever those lights can mean trouble. But if you're doing the right thing, if we are abiding by the law and doing things properly, those lights in the mirror could mean help. They could mean assistance. They could mean something good in our lives. And what I'm trying to talk about this morning is sometimes there are troubles that are in our lives. Sometimes there are problems in our lives. And they might appear wrong. They might appear bad. But God is always working in our lives. And those things that we might perceive as being trouble, God might be just using those to cultivate us and do something good in our lives. Sometimes the troubles or the problems might seem closer than they really are. Are, or sometimes it might seem that they're further away than they really are. I don't want to alarm us this morning, but sometimes we might think everything's smooth sailing like I was driving down the road until we see the lights in our window. But even when the troubles are around us, when they might appear close or when they might appear distant, God is always closer than what He appears. Have you found that to be true in your life? Have you found that that sometimes you might even say, God, where are you? God, where were you in this trouble? Where were you in this situation? Where were you yesterday? Where are you this morning? I don't feel you. I don't sense you. And in fact, all I see in my mirrors, all I see in my windshield are troubles and problems. But I can promise you, as a believer, as a child of God, God is always closer than it appears. God is always closer to me than it appears. God is always closer to you than it might seem or it might appear. Even when we feel him in the most powerful, intimate, strong ways, God is closer than we even realize even then in those times. That's why we should live by faith. Somebody say the word faith. That's a big part of the sermon this morning. Faith. Living by faith in my life will position me. To see God do the impossible in my life. Living by faith in my life will position me to see God do the impossible in my life. Let's talk about faith. First off, faith sees differently. Faith sees differently. Have you ever looked at somebody and said, you're a little warped? You see things a little differently. You're a little skewed. One person said uh, that 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 person's just a a fry short of a Happy Meal. Or they see things, you know, in life there are people that maybe you think, man, they just see things in an odd way. Or they have an interesting viewpoint or a different viewpoint. But I want to tell us this morning as Christians, if we live by faith, there are going to be times when those maybe in our lives or around our lives will think, Wow, they really believe that? They are really going to do this or that? Or they really see the situation that way? Because faith goes beyond the natural into what God can do beyond the natural. Or what we would say the supernatural. Faith sees differently. The Bible said that without faith it is impossible to please God. 
The Bible says that every man, woman, boy, girl, we're all given a measure of faith. So God starts us out in the right way, and then it's our job to cultivate that faith, to grow that faith. One way we cultivate that faith, one way we grow that faith is, the Bible said, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. So the more that we get in the Word of God, and the more the Word of God, the Bible gets into us, it grows our faith. And then that translates into how we live in this life. You see, faith in God sees differently. Faith hears from God, but it goes beyond just hearing from God. Faith hears from God and acts on what God said. Have you ever heard from God? Have you ever heard a a teaching or a preaching and you knew it's from God and you knew it was for you, but then you walked out the door and went on living the same way as before? When we do that, we're hearing from God, but we're not acting on the faith. Faith hears from God and then acts on what God has said. Get this, faith believes and continues even when we don't see results. Now, I know in ministry and I also know in life that there are times when God puts something upon our heart, when God leads us in a certain direction, and we think, okay, I'm obeying Him, I'm stepping out, I'm doing what God has said to do, but we don't, most of the time, we do not see the results immediately. And it is in those times that we must continue on. If we know that God has said it, if we know that God has led in that direction, faith will see us through and faith will cause us to continue. Maybe it's continuing in prayer. Maybe you're praying for someone and you just do not see anything changing. But faith will believe and faith will continue even when we don't see the results. Thirdly, faith sees the way made. Faith sees the mountain moved. Faith sees the way made. The Bible said that he will make a way where there what seems to be no way. And sometimes in our lives we can look at a situation, we can look at a problem and we can say, I don't see a way through this, but faith will rise up in us and realize that he will make a way where there seems to be no way. Notice that he didn't say faith will make a way where there is no way. It says where there seems to be no way. Because with God there always is a way. Faith sees the mountain moved. Naturally, we see the mountain obstructing our view. We see the mountain we have to climb. We see the mountain in front of us, but faith sees the mountain moved. True faith results in obedience in our lives that translates into action in our lives. And then ultimately, faith sees us through to the victory. You say, well, Pastor Greg, who are you talking about today? Who are we, who are we preaching about? Let's look at Hebrews 11. 8 through 19 as we're exploring these characters and these stories in the Old Testament that point us to Christ. By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country. Dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. But he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. 
By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed, to get pregnant. And she bore a child when she was past the age, because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man, Abraham and Isaac, as him as good as dead, were born as many as the stars of the sky in the multitude, innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland, another country. And truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they had came out, they would have had opportunity to go back, to return. But now they desire a better, that is a heavenly country. Therefore God is not ashamed to be their God, for he has prepared a city for them. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promises offered up his only begotten son. Of whom it is said, in Isaac your seed shall be called blessed. Concluding that God was able to raise him up even from the dead. From which he also received him in a figurative sense. This story of Abraham is full of faith. Somebody say that word again, faith. Faith. You see, God provided the marching orders. But Abraham moved his feet. You know, we can hear what God is telling us week after week after week. But if we don't move our feet, if we don't move into action, our faith is stagnant. Our faith, I was going to say dead, it might not be completely dead, but it's certainly not put into gear. God provided the orders, but Abraham moved his feet. God told Abraham to leave the city of Ur and to go to a place that I'm going to show you. Go to a place, and basically as the scripture said, he lived there as a foreigner. He lived there as a stranger. Abraham left everything and everybody. He left his homeland. Now, I don't know everything about what Abraham went through, but I, my family and I can relate to this a little bit. When we received the call into ministry and when we received the call to pastor, I thought that we would pastor right there in Radford. I thought we, you know, we, we know all these people. We've worked in these school systems for years now. And, and we know hundreds and hundreds of, of people. And we have our house. And, and our house is five or six years away from being paid off. And, and the kids are in school. And, and God has called us into ministry. But we're going to pastor here in Radford or the New River Valley. In fact, in the summertime on my lunch breaks, I even knew which church. And since we're online, I won't say which church it was but I thought that's the one I'm going to pastor that church that pastor was pretty close to retirement that church had even been mentioned to me by the, somebody in the state office and I thought I'm going to pastor that church so at lunchtime in the summers when you could actually leave the prison I mean the school and go out <laughs> I would get something to eat and I would, I would circle around where that church was one day there were some boys, that had, they had climbed up on the top of one part of that building messing around. And, and I thought, 
What are they doing on top of my church? You know, I wanted to, I wanted to roll. I didn't, I didn't, but I wanted to roll my window down. I wanted to whip my car into the parking lot and say, hey, 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 get off of that. What are you doing? Well, I didn't, I didn't. And obviously it wasn't going to be my church. <laughs> but when we received the call to pastor, we moved from the New River Valley. Our kids had been born there. We had established our careers there. All these things, our home and everything. And we moved to Central Virginia to pastor God provided the marching orders, but we had to move our feet. And maybe in your life today, God is providing some marching orders, but yeah, you think, oh, I don't want to move my feet. I don't want, that's going to be tough. That's going to be hard. But if I had never moved my feet, I would never be here today. I would never be pastoring you beautiful people today, nor would I have ever experienced the miracles and the great blessings that God did in my life because I moved my feet. God gave the marching orders, but I moved my feet. I left a job that I lost all my benefits and my salary went in half. In half. That's 50%. That's a lot in case you don't know it. Look at your salary this month and cut it in half and see how you feel. It was tough. My wife had to go back to work. But if we had not moved our feet, God could not have done the miracles and the blessings he's done in our lives. You know there was a season of time, after a while the church was able to increase the salary, and God blessed, and, and it got closer to where, where we had been at before. But during some of those dry seasons, there was one season of time where we received, I received three different checks from three different people, and most of them I didn't even know. One of them I didn't even know at all. One of them I barely knew. One of them was just new coming around. Just random times, three different checks for $1,000. Now, that hadn't happened since. And if the Lord puts it on your heart... To, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but it was just the supernatural working of God. When God provides the marching orders and we move our feet, God provides. Amen? God provides. And God has always provided for me. And He provided for Abraham. But Abraham had to move away from everything. We look now at Abraham and we sing about him. Father Abraham had many sons and we see the end of the story and we see the descendants that number the stars of the sky and the sands of the sea. And we see Abraham and all the blessing and all the great things. But Abraham didn't see all of that when God says, get up, move away from everything and everybody that you have ever known. Let's look at the next point. God provided the miracle child. Who was the miracle child? That was Isaac. But Abraham cultivated the relationship. God promised Abraham these things. You're going to have all these descendants. As of the stars of the sky. As of the sands of the sea. All the nations of the earth are going to be blessed, Abraham, because of you. That was a prophecy bigger than just population. And bigger than just the Jewish nation and the Jewish people and the Jewish movement. It was, a, it was a reference to the fact that out of that seed would come Messiah, Jesus Christ. Who would save all of humanity. Again, early in the, New or excuse me, in the Old Testament, we are seeing the foreshadowings and the plan of God to send Christ to this earth. And out of your seed, the Messiah even is going to come to save Humanity from their sin. God made that promise. Abraham believed it by faith. He wavered a few times. He, he tried to do it his own way and, and ended up with an Ishmael. But he got back on track and he's a hero of the faith. 
But he got advanced in years, didn't he? He ended up being 100 years old and Sarah 90 years old. And Sarah was barren and had still not had a child. They must have thought they were too old. They must have thought they were too barren, that it was too late. And how many times in our lives do we feel like God has spoken something to us, but over time it's just too late, it will never happen. Or I'm too barren, I don't have the resources to do it. Or maybe it's this, I don't have the strength to go through this trial yet again or to continue in this trial or or things are just going to be the way that they always have been. I just feel barren. But faith will tell us in those times of feeling hopeless and barren, faith will tell us that there is still a God who works miracles. Do you believe that? Say amen this morning. God still works miracles. And it's never too barren. And it's never too late. And we're never too old When they came and told them you're going to have the child, the Bible said Sarah laughed. She laughed. She had a season of laughter. She doubted. And I'm here to tell us this morning, but she's included in Hebrews 11 as one of the heroes of the faith because her faith overcame her doubt. And you might look at me this morning and say, Well, Pastor Greg, I have just not always had the faith that I need to have. Pastor Greg, I have doubted. Sometimes I still doubt. But we can overcome our doubt. Our faith can increase. And we can be like Sarah. She laughed at the promise of God. But then her faith increased and she saw what God could do. Now, I'm talking this morning a lot about what God does. He gives the marching orders we have to follow. He provides the miracles. But we've got to cultivate The relationship. You have Abraham. You have Sarah. A hundred years old. Ninety years old. And God says. You're going to. He's coming. The promised child is, is coming. But they had to do their part. They had to cultivate intimacy with each other. They had to have personal relationship. They had to do the natural. To have the supernatural. And in our lives, we need to cultivate our, our personal relationship with the Lord. If we're living for God just for the miracles, if we're living for God just for the fishes and the loaves, so to speak, we're missing it. We live for God to have that personal, intimate relationship with Him. Why does God delay on answering some of our prayers sometimes? It's because he is building intimacy between us. Now let's be honest. We pray more, don't we, when we have a problem. We pray more when we seem like there's an impossible situation. We focus more on God. I see it all the time. Something will happen in someone's life and they've been very inconsistent in in serving the Lord or inconsistent in being in church or inconsistent. And all of a sudden they become very, very consistent. I'm not criticizing that. That's just the truth. Somebody say amen. Sometimes God allows these things to linger because he wants more than anything. Yes, he wants to perform the miracle, but more than anything, he wants to cultivate the relationship with God. Himself. Let's look at the next point. God provided the sacrifice. Abraham practiced obedience. So we see that Isaac and Sarah conceived, or excuse me, Abraham and Sarah conceived and had Isaac. 
the promised one, the one they were waiting for, the one to start this many nations that God was going to bless them with, the one that was going to be the seed eventually to bring about Christ into this world. And everything's great. And they're rejoicing. And they have this beautiful child and the promise is being fulfilled. But all of a sudden, God puts them to the test. Now, if Donnie Herring were here this morning, he would tell me that I'm not a teacher anymore, so I can't give you guys tests and I can't give you homework. He's told me that several times. But God can give us a test. (laughs) And God can give us homework. And sometimes what's happening in our lives, we always, if it's not careful, we won't blame, blame the devil all the time. Now, he is a sly old fox, and he is a a sleazy old thing, and he does try to kill, steal, and destroy. But sometimes, if we aren't careful, we can go around rebuking, rebuking, rebuking when God is like, wait a minute, I'm allowing this to happen for a reason. Am I preaching all right this morning, or am I meddling? I think I'm preaching, right? Like, sometimes we can say, well, I rebuke the devil, I rebuke this situation. But sometimes God is allowing the test. God does not tempt us. Right? God does not tempt us, but God does test us. And why do we take a test? We take a test so we can learn more. Oh yes, some of the test is to show what we know and to prove our faith. But some of our tests, if you use a test the right way, some of you teachers here in the, in the building today, I'm going to help you out. I'm with a little PD. You can count this for your professional development at Greene County Schools. Donna's back there. She can approve it. We used to say we take a test so we can show what somebody has learned. That is true. But the greater thing of a test in schools and in life and spiritually is not just to show our faith in what we have learned, but it also to help us learn and grow more. Because if I take that test that my student has taken and I take it and I say, oh, here's what they missed. Here's the areas we need to work on. Here are the areas we need to develop going forward. And that's the kind of test that God gives to you and to me. He gives us a test to prove our faith, to show our faith. But he also gives us these tests so that he can say, okay, they're lacking a little bit on patience or or their faith wavers in these situations or or whatever it is. And I'm going to help them through this test so that they can grow in their intimacy and their relationship with me. They were tested. Abraham and Sarah were tested. When God came by and said, take Isaac, take your only son, Isaac. And take him up to the mountain and sacrifice him to me. Say, what? You're at the right house. You're the same God that told me that I'm going to populate the whole world with this great and mighty nation. And and eventually the Messiah is going to come out. But you're coming and you're telling me to take this. This is my own. You know, if I'm Abraham, I'm saying, God, this is the plan A. There's no plan B. Wait a minute. This is it. You're wanting me to take Isaac. He's the seed. He's the man. But no, Abraham walked out in obedience. And sometimes the testing and the prompting of God in our lives can go against all conventional wisdom. And it can go against what we think we really should do or practically speaking. But God told him, I will provide the sacrifice. And Abraham practiced obedience. 
There is one picture of Abraham going up the mountain on one side with Isaac and on the other side that ram that would be the sacrifice coming up on the other side and meeting at the top of that mountain. But this is even more than that. It is a picture to us of the sacrifice that God provided to us, His only begotten Son. He told Abraham, give your only begotten Son. And Abraham went as far as to even tie him up and pulled back to obey and do what God had said. And God said, no, you stop. Look over there. I have provided myself a sacrifice for you. And it speaks to us this morning. It is a picture of God provided his only son as the sacrifice for us. That's my last point this morning. God gave his only son. All through this sermon today, we see God doing his part, but we have to do ours. God providing, but we receiving. God moving, but us obeying. God instructing and us listening and acting and moving our feet it's the same with this God gave his son a reflection of what happened on the mountain that day when he said nope you don't have to you don't have to kill Isaac I have myself provided for you a sacrifice for us today there are some things in our lives that we cannot do apart from God and the main thing is we cannot become Christians we cannot have our sins forgiven we cannot become regenerated or born again in our own selves there's nothing we can do about that but God says I myself have provided for you a sacrifice God gave his only son Jesus do you believe that if you believe that say amen God gave his only son our response is to receive him receive him God has done his part but it's up to us to do our part I ask you this morning do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior not I know about him not somebody in my family well they're a really good Christian and I'm kind of you know following them and it'll trickle down on me or or not even I go to church regularly or I watch church regularly or, or I believe in God. No, have you received the personal gift of salvation through Jesus Christ? It may appear that everything in this world is wrong. The objects in our mirror may appear distorted or, or close or far away or all these things that might seem bad but things are not as they appear, spiritually speaking. Here's the verse I want to close with. John three seventeen. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. One might think with all of this sin, all of this heartbreak, all of this ugliness that surrounds us in this world. One might think that God sent Jesus into this world to say I'm just going to condemn everybody I'm going to point my finger at them and I'm going to tell them how wrong they are how bad they are but no he sent his son into the world not to condemn the world but to save the world but that the world through Christ might be saved would you stand with me this morning things do not have to be as they appear in your life 
Can I say that again? Things do not have to be as they appear in your life. We have a Savior. His name is Jesus. We can receive Him into our hearts and our lives and our sins can be forgiven. Our sins can be washed away. We can leave condemnation and we can walk into grace. But also as we live this life, what seems to be problematic to us, what seems to be pulling us down time and time again, what seems to be the trials or the temptations or the testings of this life in which we live, we can live victorious. We can live through faith. We can live above them through and by Christ. Would you pray with me this morning? Can we bow our heads? Lord, I just pray this morning that each one of us in this room in simple faith, in simple childlike faith, God, that we would receive today from you whatever it is that we need. That's my prayer today. Through it by the power of the word that has been proclaimed. Your word is so powerful and so lively. Let your word come alive in our minds and our hearts today. Let it increase our faith. And as simple, God, as a little child, let us receive from you today whatever it is that we need in our life. Lord, Lord, if there's one, if there's many, if there's some that watch online or watch even later at a later date that say, I do not have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and I really just never have felt like I could do any better. I never really felt like I could serve God. Let their faith arise this morning and let them give their heart and their life to you knowing that they can become a new creation in you. If there's one in this house today or watching, Lord, that peace, they just don't have the peace that they need, let their faith arise to know that you are the Prince of Peace. If there's one today that just, they feel weary, as Pastor Darrell said at the beginning of the service, they feel weary in well-doing, and they just feel pulled down, let their faith arise to know that those that wait upon the Lord, He shall renew their strength. Lord, if there's those that are sick in body, or, they, or they're beaten down emotionally, this morning in simple faith, in obedient faith, let them say, Lord, I believe that you can heal me and you can help me. And I'm going to look to you. I'm going to look beyond the circumstances of this life. I'm going to look beyond the circumstances of my job or my career. I'm going to look beyond the circumstances of my finances. I'm going to look beyond all of that and I'm going to look to Jesus who is the author and the completer, the finisher of my faith. And I'm going to allow my faith to grow and I'm going to realize that things do not have to be the way that things look. They do not have to be the way that they appear. But I look through the eyes of faith and my faith sees differently and I'm going to live in confidence in Jesus Christ who is in me and who is for me and who is working through me and who is working all things to my good. Lord, bless your people this morning. Increase our faith this morning and let us leave lifted up in you and drawn closer to you and with great confidence and great faith in you. In Jesus' mighty name.